1: Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, November 17th, and today it's our 5x5 five five episode. Five writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. We will have Ryan Canal, Steve Alexander, Raphael Johnson, and Jared Johnson here as usual. Plus, we'll be joined by a special guest, Drew Dinsick from NBC Sports Edge betting to talk some MVP odds, tired teams, and much more. As we welcome in Ryan, who's already here, and uh, I start a timer. Ryan, what's up? I think you know better than I. What's on the uh, what's what's on the docket today, Matt? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of become our tradition, Ryan, that like I just choose the topics for you. I'm That's happy. just kind of what we do now. So I have, and I think you've accepted these terms willingly, right? Yeah, correct. Reluctantly, reluctantly, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Chris Paul is who I want to talk about first. He's fifth overall right now in nine category fantasy leagues. Again, I want to repeat: Chris Paul. 52 years old, 5th overall. <laughs> this is incredible 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 stuff. You know, he's around like 14, 15 points, over 10 assists, I think 2.6 steals per game. I mean, we all knew there was a chance that Chris Paul was going to outproduce his ADP Ryan, but I think even this is a shock to me. So first I just want to get your initial reaction to to this news if we can call it news.
2: I mean shock is a little strong i think there's a bit of a fluky element here just because of the steals right you said 2.6 which would be i think close to a career high he might have been uh or or it might be his highest since 2014 something like that but point is he's up 1.2 steals from last year you know just a surge that's been tethered to he had 12 steals in a two-game span recently against the rockets and grizzlies and I mean, he's still capable of that. He's, he's Chris Paul, he's got quick hands. Now, I haven't dug into the Suns film enough to tell if there's a defensive wrinkle that's giving CP3 better angles at passing lanes, things like that. There might be a systemic reason for it going up. However, I'm inclined to believe it's just an early season, small sample size kind of thing. However, even if that falls down to one and a half steals per game, he's still in the top 10% of the league there, and he's still gonna be no lower than a second round value, given the rest of his numbers. Which all the more shocking, because you said, what, 14 point something points, which is a career low. So the fact that he does it with such efficiency, the fact that he's, you know, I think near the top of the league in assists still. And he's, and you mentioned the steals, he doesn't hurt you anywhere, and he's doing it all in 31 and a half minutes. He's not missing games. He just played a back to back recently. Those are the kinds of things for a, you know, a guard of his age to him to be playing through these busy stretches of the season are absolutely
1: critical. I just wanted to quickly, because of the sort of surprising nature of this, if you want to call it that, I just wanted to quickly run some names by you because Chris Paul's he's fifth overall, uh, as I said. So I want to do some either-ors, and these can be as quick as you want them to be. We have a couple minutes left. Your answers. Donovan Mitchell is 18th overall. Who would you rather have? Chris Paul, currently fifth. Donovan Mitchell, currently 18th.
2: With the assumption of like an eight-cat, nine-cat?
1: Yeah, and with the assumption that this is even an option, right? With the assumption that the the Donovan Mitchell manager in your league is is down to trade for Chris Paul.
2: Sure. Man, that's tough. Um, I think I'd go with Donovan Mitchell probably just because I'm still a little bit scared off of late season rest potentially for CP. If the Suns are, you know, roaring out and have a great record, maybe suddenly he does start to pick up DMPs in those back-to-backs. You know... That kind of thing. It's just, you know, in the back of my mind, I can't shake the hamstring injuries that he had in 2017-18 with Houston. He's not getting any younger. I know that he just keeps producing, and he played 70 games in each of the past two shortened years. And with the minutes down and Phoenix's training staff, they're keeping him on the court. I get all that. But I can't help but be a little bit hesitant Presumably, if you drafted him, you're comfortable with those risks. So therefore, a little bit less inclined to trade for someone like Mitchell. But uh, I'll take Donovan Mitchell, who's having a, you know, yet another career year.
1: Chris Paul or Fred Van Vliet, 21st overall currently in nine category leagues.
2: Oh, that's that's tough, man. Uh, I'm going to go with CP here, however, I think. Oh,
1: interesting. Gives
2: you, you know, the dimes are still there. Steals, uh, as with Van Vliet. But he's not going to tank your percentages. So I think that would be the deciding factor for me in a cap 9-cap.
1: Okay, one more. Chris Paul or Zach Levine? A consensus, you know, consensus top 25-ish fantasy pick. He's currently 31st overall. Mm -hmm. I think you're looking at a a difference in steals of about two per game between these guys. Zach Levine's like half a steal per game, if I'm not mistaken. But otherwise doing Zach Levine things.
2: He sure is. uh, man, that, can I go with a toss-up? Can I... <laughs> I took I took one CP3, won the alternative, and uh, I think on this one, it's, right. it's like a dead just throw heat. throw up your hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you can just throw up your hands and surrender on the last one if you want to.
2: I just feel like Levine's ceiling maybe is a little bit lower than it would be if he didn't have Duraza next to him and he didn't have Vooch on the team. So I don't know that there's that top 15 potential there. So you know what? Give me CP3 on this okay. one. Okay,
1: nice, nice. I think... I think uh, that all makes sense. I think I would have gone. I think I'd take Van Vliet, strangely. But and I think take yeah. Van Vliet, Mitchell, okay. and CP3 over Levine. I think that's where I'm at. For better or for worse. Could be wrong. I think we're doubting okay. Chris Paul yet again at our own peril. But we're out of time. <laughs> to To be followed up another day. Yes. All right, Ryan. Thank you. We now welcome in the aforementioned Drew Dinsick from NBC Sports Edge Betting. Drew, for starters, how's it going, man? Happy, happy you're here. Oh, thanks for having
3: me. And that was a great discussion about Chris Paul. I really uh, appreciate the fantasy perspective on this. Uh, believe it or not, uh, I do a player ranking to come up with projections for games to, to bet into these markets. And mm-hmm. uh, right now I have Chris Paul as the third most valuable player in the NBA wow. in terms of impacting the line on a spread on a given night just behind he is behind Steph Curry he is behind Nikola Jokic barely ahead of Kevin Durant barely ahead of Giannis for me in terms of player impact
1: man that's crazy and I think that interestingly enough segues to the first thing we want to talk about uh the odds to win the MVP this year because it looks like they're they're if I'm looking at things right on points bet there's basically four front runners here but Chris Paul is not one of them
3: yeah Chris Paul's 150 to one 150, uh, and you know, I think what it comes down to is uh, so many of the voters just kind of look at the counting stats, and he's mm-hmm. not going to pop off the page in terms of points per game. He's at like what 15 points per game or something like that. So people assume that his offensive impact is not as great as it actually is. But his value over replacement player, he's in the top 10 right now. Uh, you know, his defense is off is uh, overlooked, and you know, I don't think 150 to one is a good bet. And I think actually, uh, Ryan made a bunch of good points. The likelihood that he is availability, you know, his availability is going to be be hugely in in question, especially as you get into the meat of the season, and 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 so I don't know that you can really consider him among the front runners. Steph Curry is the obvious uh, market leader right now in MVP. That makes sense. The Golden State Warriors are a very, very good regular season team. This team is going to continue to compile wins in the regular season. When the voters look at the awards at the end of the year, they tend to, I mentioned, look at counting stats. The other thing they look at is team wins. And they're going to pick a team that has you know one or two seed in the West or the East, maybe a three seed. Occasionally, if there's not a standout player on the one or two seed, they'll go down to the third seed and they'll they'll, they'll pick a standout player there. That's how um, Nikola Jokic gets it last year. I think you know in general the likelihood that the Warriors and Steph Curry get a one seed in the West is looking pretty strong right now. Uh, and if they continue their winning ways, Curry continues to compile you know the the highlights and the uh, the scoring, then he is the rightful favorite. Um, I would still give Nikola Jokic some serious consideration though his impact on the game is so monumental and his defense has taken a huge step forward this year uh usually to win back-to-back MVPs, you have to really make a leap improvement wise in some statistical Mm -hmm. category and he's doing that defensively so uh those are the two guys that i would keep a close eye on
1: yeah it turns out uh curry at age 33 is still quite good uh at the at the professional basketball 37 points nine threes against the nets on tuesday night so we talked Phoenix before. Drew, you, as I understand it, spent a lot of time following teams that are starting to deal with fatigue or will be dealing with fatigue, tired teams and what impact that could have. And it sounds like Phoenix is in the middle of that and it and uh, it may go on for a while. What's the story there?
3: Yeah, the rest of the month of November is just going to be a grueling test for this Phoenix Suns team. They're a Currently, they're on a nine-game win streak. Currently, they are uh, you know, huge favorites tonight against the Mavericks. And that, is all, that all makes sense. This is a really good team. They should be at the top of the market in the Western Conference. I make them the most likely Western Conference winner at this point, considering okay. projecting out the rest of the season. Uh, the opportunity then is to watch these next two weeks and look for a good buy low on them. Right, they're going to go through some growing pains now. Of course, you know, now is you know, buy high, <laughs> nine game win streak for crying all up. Right, uh, you know, no one's they're not you're not catching the market by surprise here. Um, but uh, they face a number of tough tests coming up uh, where they are going to be at a rest disadvantage. Rest advantage disadvantage is hugely important in the NBA in a normal season. It's been even more impactful this season because of the shortened off season uh, and because of the um, the diminished. Uh, free throw attempts per game, giving players Mm -hmm. less time to kind of regroup and kind of get, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, rest in game itself. Uh, We're starting to see this matter a ton uh, and so for those reasons, uh, you know, you really like to kind of track when a team is tired and they're going up against a rested team like the Suns will have a number of these disadvantaged spots here in this next two weeks, kind of capped off with the the widow makers, a couple of Widowmakers next week against the Spurs <laughs> and against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, that Brooklyn Nets game at the end of a four, uh, four game road strip, they got at Spurs, at Cleveland, at Knicks, at Nets. Um, and, and the Knicks and the Nets are back-to-back. Uh, you know, If they lose to the Knicks, lose to the Nets, you may get a very, very good buy-low spot on a Phoenix Suns team that I think is true Western Conference contenders.
1: Interesting. So some potentially grueling days ahead for Chris Paul and the Suns. Drew, we got about 10 seconds left. Is there a Western Conference? You mentioned you have Phoenix is your favorite to come out of the West. Is there like a dark horse team quickly out of the West that you have in mind?
3: Got to look at the Nuggets. That team is so dynamic uh, when they're fully healthy. And uh, fingers crossed, Jamal Murray comes back and is as effective as always. That's going to be a scary team in the, in the spring.
1: All right. You can follow Drew on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Check him out on the Bet the Edge podcast wherever you listen, Drew. Thanks, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Of course. Best of luck. All right. See ya. Right now, I'm going to look at who's next. And yes, it's Raphael Johnson is here. Raf? what's going on?
4: much. I kind of feel like i got good timing with Drew talking about injuries and rest uh, for my player of the day, so to speak.
1: Yeah, this is all highly planned out. All of these (laughs) segues are are intentionally perfectly planned. You know, nothing
4: accidental about it. Yes. You've done a great job, but let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers here. Obviously, Colin Sexton's out torn meniscus. They lost Evan Mobley on, on Monday to the sprained elbow. Jared Allen's out due to to, uh, illness, and Lowry Martin and Kevin Love have also missed time due to COVID-19. So talking about five rotation players, uh, three starters in that mix, that's a huge hit for a team that's been one of the most surprising teams in the league thus far to take. So with all that being said, it might be Chetty time, as in Chetty Osmond.
1: Oh, baby.
4: Yeah. <laughs> We're really looking forward to this because over the last week, he's averaged 15.3 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.0 assists, 1.8 steals, 0.3 blocks, 2.5 three-pointers, and shooting over 51% from the field. Most recently, uh, 26 in that loss to the Celtics on, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Given the absences and his recent production, I think you really have to get on the ball if you're a fantasy manager and pick him up. He's only rostered in about 15% of Yahoo leagues right now. That's mainly your ultra-competitive leagues where he's already been picked up. I've been able to get him in just like one of my leagues thus far, and he's pretty much gone everywhere else, including a few of our staff leagues. So if you're out there, you need some wing help, or you have any of those Cavaliers that I discussed earlier, Chetty Osman would be a really good pickup for the short term.
1: I'm responsible for him being gone in one of those staff leagues, I yes. think. I yes. I added I added Jetty you know, it just makes me so happy that this is happening again. <laughs> it happens every year. It's it's Jetty Osmond time. Mm-hmm. Steve Alexander who's in the waiting room is getting ready to take his jetty pills <laughs> right now. Uh it's just what a glorious time. And I mean, yeah, like it's not I don't know. How long will it last? We don't know. It could be over the next game. But as you said, the the circumstances set up really well for him to to put up some stats right now. And Raf, I think you had a second player you wanted to talk about. It's it's a guy who's kind of become a favorite of the uh, of the Round Ball Stew podcast
4: this season. Oh, was it Devin Vassell? Yes. It was, it yeah, was, it was Devin that
1: Vassell. That's him.
4: Yeah, and I, I thought we were going to go longer and Chetty Osmond, but that's all right. Uh, well, oh, please, let's do. You have more. Chetty's a top 50 player over the last week, but there is a caveat here, and it's the schedule. Um, they only uh, have two more games this week. Wednesday in Brooklyn and Thursday at home against the Warriors. So for that reason, I can understand if managers were going to be a little bit hesitant to to go all in on picking him up. But I think the reward outweighs the risk here with regard to the schedule, just because of the number of players that they're without right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I like it.
1: uh, I'm fully on board. (laughs) All right, cool. I'm eager to talk about Devin Vassell a little bit, Raph, because he just had a rare quiet game. Yes. So, so what was your reaction to, to seeing that dud? Are, should we, should we? I feel like people have been hesitant to pick up Devin Vassell, Right? They yeah. finally did. He's over fifty percent rostered. Everyone who just picked him up to be like, ah, this guy's terrible. I'm, I'm out of here. What what What's your
4: perspective on this? That would be a really bad decision if he gave up on him. He scored 15 points or more in three straight before last night's two-point effort against the Clippers. Um, he's still a top 100 player in 9-cat. I think the hesitancy for a lot of people came from the fact that can't really seem to make sense of the Spurs' wing rotation just because they have mm-hmm. so many similar parts so to speak got lengthy young players that are going to have to play so it's kind of hard to figure out who's going to get the line share of the minutes on a nightly basis you know that being said Vassell's played 25 minutes or more before last night he went about like seven eight games in a row doing so so he, he's pretty safe there for 25 minutes per game on most nights so I'm not too worried about what happened against the Clippers because the Clippers are a similar team in terms of the young wings, even without Terrence Mann. So not the greatest matchup there, but I think he's going to be fine.
1: And I mean, yeah, like the three games before that, 15, 20, and 19 points, he had a total of 12 threes. We know mm-hmm. he can get steals. Even in his total dud game, he still had a steal and a block. Yeah. So I, I would be looking out for the, you know, the reflex drop by some people after mm-hmm. that bad game and see if he pops up on any shallow waiver wires that's, that's, and capitalizing.
4: It's a good point.
1: All right, Raf, thank you. I hope that we fulfilled your, uh, your need for a a, a hearty Jetty Osman conversation. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I hope you feel satisfied there. All right, thank you. <laughs> okay, have a good one.
0: I want to remind you to download
1: the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we are highlighting matchups between the Pacers and Pistons, Wizards and Hornets and Kings and Timberwolves. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. Speaking of now, here he is, Steve Alexander, Mr. Jetty Pills himself. Steve, what is cooking?
5: Well, I think I need to stop preparing for these because listening to you all talk, I get so many new ideas, so many things I have to have to talk about that I don't even know if I can talk about what I was going to talk about.
1: Hey, we're all about, we're all about adjusting on the fly here. That's what we do on this episode. Starting with, I, me and my
5: buddies purchased a building that is going to become my museum and office space, as well as possibly a baseball card store. And I think I'm going to start doing my pod from the new place. It's called Doc's. And it's, it's just a hangout right now. Like We don't even know what, what we're going to do with it.
1: Me and my buddies purchased a building. That's the headline for today's episode. Well, my buddy purchased a building. I'm just tagging along.
5: So we're going to have a new location. That's number one. Two, uh, I've got a little case of the sniffles. I sneezed twice while Drew was talking. I'm hoping that we don't have a live sneeze during the podcast. Three, we should rename this podcast Doubting Chris Paul. Four, (laughs) I forgot about the Chetty Osmond. You just got to s- suck that pill down.
1: You just got to suck it down.
5: Dude, that, oh, that it's so incredible. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also responsible for one of those leagues where Chetty is no longer available. I think I grabbed him. So something else I want to talk about is LaMelo Ball is getting all the headlines of the Ball Boys. But Lonzo Ball is third-round value right now. He's had some huge games. The Bulls look like the best team in the East. One of the best teams in the East. And I just think both of those guys are going to run rampant all over, all over everything all year. And I've got one team where I've got Lonzo and Melo on the same team. And it's, it's, it's a thing of beauty.
1: That's pretty fun. 1.9 steals, 0. 0.7 blocks, 3.13s for Lonzo this year, making up for not, not real high numbers in points and assists, but, uh, those numbers alone make it worth it. Steve, I'm still trying to grapple with the fact that you're not going to be broadcasting from your attic. How much time do I have to adjust to this uh, new reality that we're going to be facing?
5: Well, this purchase took place uh, about a, a half hour ago. So,
1: okay. There's a lot of work to be done. The deed has been signed. Does that happen? Do you sign a deed? I, I didn't sign anything. I'm just, okay. I'm just, yeah, don't sign anything. I'm still long for the ride,
5: bro. Okay. Uh, smart. But yeah. Um, yeah, it should be interesting. I think, I think it, it's got a lot of potential to be a pretty fun, fun spot to hang out. So I'm going to put the golden team machine in there.
1: I, I'm glad that uh, we adjusted initially to, uh, to your immediate reactions to what's been going on. But you did want to talk about your beloved San Antonio Spurs, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And I think we should do that in our remaining two minutes.
5: I was just going to mention, are, we have two minutes left. Well, time goes a lot um, slower when you blow through topics in about 15 seconds apiece. Uh, Derek White, I think, was getting dropped in some leagues, or at least there was talk about dropping him. I don't – I mean, as, as annoyed as I was at his horrible two-game stretch he went on, I never really considered dropping him, but I've I've had people ask me that on Twitter. I've seen it kicked around. So – He bounced back on Tuesday night, had a nice game, hit, what, 8-14 shots, I think. Put Mm up pretty good numbers across the board. And I think Derek White is going to be just fine. Now, the the flip side of that is the guy you guys just talked about, Devin Vassell, didn't do anything. And I don't know that we've seen Devin Vassell and Derek White in the same place at the same time this year. They might be – if one of them shows up, the other one's not there. And that's a little bit concerning. It sort of reminds me of the the depth that the Hawks have. Can everybody on the Hawks function if they're all healthy and all trying to trying to eat each other's minutes? So, Lonzo and uh, Derek White and Vassal are a little bit, bit of a problem for each other, but hopefully they can they can coexist peacefully.
1: Well, and for all of the the hand wringing over Derek White, for all of the stress he's allegedly caused us, he's just outside the top 100. Just looking at Yahoo's rankings as one example i mean it's not like the i don't know i feel like sometimes we we get a little i feel like we all we as fantasy managers get a little too impatient too quickly with people i mean bad games do happen bad games happen to good players
5: well there was so much hype on white coming into the season too i mean everybody was fired up about him it seemed like everybody at edge was a fan of his and none of us thought that he would fail and so there's a long way to go
1: yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's not a guy and our time is up, but he's not a guy who you drafted. If you drafted Derek White expecting like 18 points per game, uh, I think you had the wrong idea. He's more of like a, you know, handful of assists, some defensive stats, some threes kind of guy. So, overall he's really doing what he should be doing for the most part. He's just had a few uh few rotten stat lines.
5: I forgot I forgot one more quick quick hit I had to make. Okay, better be a quick one. I said LaMelo Ball could flirt with averaging a triple-double this year, and you all laughed at me. Laughed. You laughed out loud. What's he at 19-7-7? Seven seven? Come on. That's,
1: well, first of all, okay. It's not really near a triple-double. You just want, you just want an, uh, an axe to grind on your way out the door. I understand. Steve.
5: Yeah, I'd I just like to leave you.
1: I also said I thought LaMelo would be a first-round fantasy player, and I thought he'd be a first-rounder in fantasy drafts next year. So I wasn't exactly. Oh, absolutely. And we'll have to get into the definition of flirting with the triple double on a subsequent episode. It, it may not have been you. 197 I might have been. 19, I, 1977 is pushing it for flirting with the triple double, but we're out of time. I got to stick to the rules here, Steve. I have to send you on your way. Go to your, go to go back to Docs. I'll talk to you soon.
5: <laughs> See ya.
1: <laughs> See ya. Ah, uh, here he is, Jared Johnson, the last person who comes on this podcast. It means we're almost at the finish line here. 5 minutes remaining. Jared how are you, sir?
6: I am good. Uh, I wanna take us back to Cleveland. Uh, I think that okay, Raphael please. did a a nice job touching on the Evan Mobley injury and uh, who's gonna benefit from that in the immediate future. Kevin Love's gonna come back tonight. That means that is gonna come back soon. I'm not excited about either of these guys. And uh, it's gonna take a little bit for uh, both of them to get going coming out of quarantine, possibly the entire season for Lil' Kev. Now, perhaps tonight, Chetty could have a good game, but I think the true primary beneficiary of okay. this Mobley news is going to be Mr. Jarrett Allen. Uh, unfortunately, he is not going to play tonight because he is dealing with a non-COVID-related illness. But when he comes back, Mobley's going to miss at least two to four weeks. I think that the stat lines we're about to see from Jarrett Allen are going to be incredible. I see 2020 potential in this man's future. He's actually got close to the uh, a couple times this season already. Um, He's just 23 years old, which still boggles my mind a bit. It feels like he's been in the league longer than that, but it's it's only 23 years old and uh, per 36 minutes uh, without Mobley this season. He is averaging 19.6 points, 11.9 rebounds. 2.8 dimes and 1.4 swats per contest. So I am extremely excited to see what this man can do uh, on this team that's basically been decimated by injuries early.
1: Yeah, a team that was looking pretty good uh, before getting decimated. By the way, your excitement about Allen, I know is only matched by your devastation about the Mobley. (laughs) It is. It's a huge, just a huge buzzkill in terms of fantasy. When you see a two- to four-week timetable, Jared, do you find yourself gravitating toward the optimistic side of that these days or the pessimistic side of that? Or is that really, like, injury-specific? We don't have to spend a lot of time on this question, but I just found myself wondering that.
6: I think injury-specific, but with a rookie like Mobley and an elbow injury, I think that I would—I'll be optimistic there. He's a young guy. He can can maybe get back on the shorter end of that timetable. I'll go optimistic.
1: It's always kind of tricky to try to trade for an injured guy, but if you sense an opportunity to get Mobley on your team, there's a lot of season left, even if he misses a month. Oh, for sure. That would be (laughs) be a a trade target for me immediately. So a couple minutes left, Jared. What is next on the menu here? We started in Cleveland. Now it is time
6: to talk about that Swiss water sporting that golden spot of glory, the man from Geneva who will send your shot to Bermuda. I am talking about Mr. Clint Capella, Pella that wow. double double machine. Oh my Lord. This man has been on an absolute tear lately. He, ever since that two point stinker last week, we've seen three straight double doubles. And just the amount of bounce that I have seen from this man lately, he is not old. He is jumping outside of the gym and then just land, going through the rim NBA Jam style it's insane uh he he got off to a slow start this year i got a lot of questions yeah. about him i think that's totally understandable because he was missed all of training camp and essentially the entire preseason as he was recovering from a pcr uh pcp i got the the letters <laughs> mixed up now. uh pc what the injection the pain thing the what's it called
1: PRP, PRP PRP. PRP. rich. Yes, there you go.
6: There you go. Yeah, Uh, I I got COVID going on in my mind. I got all these sorts of anyways. Uh, But he that's why he was out. And he was recovering from it. And it and when guys miss entire preseasons and and or uh, training camp, that that's super important. And it takes about three to four weeks for guys to really catch their shape. And where are we in the season? Three. We're at week five, and it looks, it looks like right. this man, ha, it has arrived. Yeah, I, I have him. I think in all of our leagues, but you might have him in a couple places. Are you enjoying what you've seen from Mister Clint Capello lately?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have him in the thirty-team league for one, and that was. This is a big storyline for the Hawks in general coming into this season. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Herder, uh, and okay, we'll go. We'll you know. You know how it goes. We'll finish up this thought. <laughs> Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdanovich all had surgical procedures. Clint Capella is dealing with the Achilles. All these guys ramped up slowly. I think we're finally, fingers crossed, starting to see the Hawks look more like the Hawks. Two lopsided wins in a row. One over Milwaukee, one over Orlando, which they should beat them by a lot. But Capella is starting to look more like himself. Yeah, finally, I think you can approach this with some confidence if you drafted him. I, I think you are feeling quite good if you stay patient on Capella through the early season turbulence. I think uh, top 30-ish, top 25-ish Clint Capella should be uh, back in business. I think he's there, I think he's there. All right, well, I know there were more names you wanted to talk about, Jared. The uh, Gary Trent, Mo Bamba conversations will have to wait for a future week, perhaps next Wednesday. Perhaps next Wednesday. We'll catch okay. you later, Matt. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We're here every weekday throughout the regular season. Thanks to everyone for listening on the podcast and for watching live. And thanks to all of our writers for stepping in today. Ryan, Drew, Raf, Steve, and to you, Jared. Talk to you soon. Adios.